2: It's finally Friday. Oh, my God. We made it, y'all. We made it. It's only 10 days to Christmas. We've only got one more Friday before Christmas. What are, they, what are they? We've got 10 sleeps until Christmas, all that. It's just so awesome, man. This is episode 990. 990 of the Brian Hank Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. They'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game and... A little special treat, too. Uh, We're going to have John live here in the studio in our second hour, too. So uh, pretty excited about that. Man, already got a message coming in. This is awesome. Mickey Weatherton. (laughs) Just a quick reminder, I've got 15 days until Linda makes an honest man out of me. Dude, I'm an honest man. (sighs) You mean before I make an honest woman out of her, Mickey. I think that's what you mean there. But uh, thank you. Man, thanks for checking in already. That's awesome. Check in Friday here. On the uh, Brian Hanks show, but uh, man, we've got a full show for you today. We've got a great show for you today. Joining us here in less than 20 minutes on our Spence Automotive guest line will be our regular Friday guest. He's our NASCAR, NHL, Carolina Hurricanes, professional bull riding. He's uh, our, well, he and his uh, brother Scott, they're our uh, big Baltimore Ravens fans. What else can I add? Uh, he's just uh, all kinds of uh, of uh, sports knowledge, and we get to hear it this morning. He's also the daddy of young Levi, the cutest baby in the entire world. It'll be Paul Whittington joining us, like I said, in less than 20 minutes. The Canes actually have won two games in a row now. Uh, and so uh, I got to tell you, man, uh, some good things to talk to Paul about here. Uh, as he'll be joining us, uh, like I said, in about 20 minutes or less than 20 minutes or so, uh, Mr. King, probably not. I just had uh, Keith King just, uh, chimed in too, and I love this, man. Hey, you got the digits. We did this this past Monday check in, uh, and I'd, I'd love to give you a shout out, but, uh, Keith, I'm probably not going to make that. I've got an assignment. I have got to get knocked out today. That was I was supposed to get in a couple of days ago, uh, so probably not going to make that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. King. I, I uh, I'm going to miss it because I know it's going to be awesome. I've been getting all the emails about it, but uh, hey. Paul Whittington here in our first hour. Hey, it's Friday. You know what that means. TGIF with IP. We're going to start our second hour today with our weekly NIL visit with a former Kenston star. Hello, Linda Whittington. She's listening too. Well, I, I pay you to listen. Wait a minute. I don't pay her anything except for just lots of love and and a diamond ring. Okay. Hey. Uh <laughs> Goodness gracious. Man, three and a half, almost four minutes into the show, and I'm all over the place already. I know, John, you're really surprised. Uh, listen, we're going to start our second hour with our weekly NIL visit with former Kinston star and Winston-Salem State point guard Isaac Parson. Man, and talk about timely Lee. Uh, they are coming off an impressive win last night on the road in CIAA action. We're going to catch up with him about all that. Uh, like I said, that'll start our second hour. And then. Also joining us on our Spence Automotive Guest Line, following our visit with IP, is going to be the head coach of the Kinston Boys basketball team, Perry Tindall. His Vikings are at home tonight versus James Keenan. It's the uh, East Central 2A opener for both teams. Man, I can't wait. I got to tell you, uh, listen, love Paul, love IP. I am really looking forward to talking to Coach Tindall about uh, this Kinston team who is just rolling right along. They're playing really well. And... On top of all that, they just added a piece to their uh team uh that I think is going to push them into the regionals. I really do. Uh Tyreek Copper, the sophomore uh, football star who is just amazing. He is now on the varsity boys basketball team. Had 18 points the other night in that big win against Green Central. And I really do. I think this is going to be uh one of those uh one of those difference makers. I mean, he was on on campus uh he is part of the team uh or part of the football team and for him to be joining the basketball team now and like i said for his varsity debut as a sophomore to score 18 points that's pretty doggone impressive right there so i'm uh, going to talk to coach about that going to talk about the east central 2a again which gets uh, tipped off tonight uh kenston north north and south north will be opening uh conference play tonight uh in the east central 2a so uh, it's an exciting time of the year and, uh, like I said, exciting show today, uh, to have, uh, Paul Whittington joining us here, like I said, in a few minutes, then in our second hour, Isaac Parson, Perry Tindall and our, uh, my good friend, John Dawson, uh, going to come in here too. Uh, it's going to be fun. Then the birthday game after that, and then we'll have the week wrapped up and we will be just <laughs> that much closer to uh, to uh, starting uh, to starting the weekend. Hey, Pam Sheffield, she says hello too. Goodness gracious, I I love check-in Friday. You know, I think that's what I'm going to start doing on Mondays too is check-in Mondays, and uh, we're going to have a, a going in here. Hey, set your schedules. Uh, you know, we've been trying to tell you about uh, what uh, we're going to do in the Christmas-New Year's window. Uh, as you know, and Mickey Weatherington uh, alluded to it, me and uh, the beautiful executive producer of this show, Linda Winnington. We are getting married uh, December 30th. Uh, pretty excited about that. A small little ceremony in uh, here in Kenston. Then going on our honeymoon the week after that. Hey, good morning, Jacques Passelag. He checks in too. Woo! Uh, the Jock Star, which, by the way, I think that is the coolest name. And, you know, instead of Rockstar or Jock Star. Okay, anyway, you know what I'm trying to do there. But uh, but wanted to just give you schedule updates. Now, we're going to be here all next week uh the week leading up to uh Christmas weekend. And then we're of course we're gonna take off Christmas Day, you know, uh, Monday, December the twenty fifth. But we're gonna have our final show of the year. I think we're gonna call it the wedding edition of the show. It's gonna be on Tuesday, December sixteenth. Uh Jason Bryant will be in here live. We're gonna get Rick Vernon in here live. <laughs> How about this? Lee Avery checks in and says, uh, "Good morning from the cold, empty campus of a Randall Parrot Academy." Uh, Good morning to you too, Coach. That's awesome, man. I love this. Everybody uh, checking in this morning: Lee Avery, Jacques Pasley, Linda, Keith King, Mickey Weatherington, Dawson, Paul Woodington did before the show started. uh, Pam Sheffield. Goodness gracious! This is so much fun this morning here. But back to the schedule. I'm trying to trying to give you guys some information here. You'll like this. Uh, we are going to be here on that Tuesday, December the 26th, and then that will be our final show until. Uh, <laughs> until hey Mickey, I'm going to save that one for a minute. Uh, hey Scott, Whittington checks in. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Scott! This is awesome. Uh, Goodness gracious, Uh, I've lost complete control of my show, which is not a surprise. Uh, Hey, we're going to be here on Tuesday, December the 26th, and then we're going to, I think I'm going to name, call that the wedding edition of the show. It'll be the, the uh, 2023 wrap up show. Uh, Maybe we'll look back at some stuff and all that kind of stuff. But I do know that uh, Jason Bryant's going to be here live with me. Uh, we're going to get Rick Vernon in here. We're going to uh, probably, uh, <laughs> yes, Scott, I'm trying to lock in. Uh, we're going to get uh, just a bunch of special guests in here. We even, we're even talking about maybe even making it a uh, a uh, a three-hour show. But the more I think about it, I think we're just going to make it a two-hour show. But again, yes, uh, thank you, Linda. Tuesday, December 26th. That will be our final show of the year. And then we will be back on Tuesday, January the 9th. So, uh, so there you go. Hey, ah, how about December 30th is, uh, Keith King's son's birthday too. That is awesome. Who else was telling me that that was their birthday or was this something like it? Maybe it was it Jew, Spence. That was telling me that, uh, maybe that's, uh, your beautiful daughter's birthday. I cannot remember. Anyway, anyway. It's going to be a, uh, so you've got us here counting today for seven more episodes here before the end of the year. And then like I said, we'll be back. I'm going to take off that Monday, January the 8th. So we'll be back on Tuesday, January the 9th. And, uh, between now and then you'll be able to listen to a lot of great v programming, but I, I hope you miss us uh, while we're gone too. Uh, but again, uh, and oh, I can't even believe I didn't tell you this on Tuesday, December twenty sixth. too. We'll have Clay Whittington in here. He's been in Arizona for the past, what year and a half, two years or so. Uh, and, uh, he'll be here on the show too. So we will have a jam packed show for you on the wedding edition of, uh, of the Brian Hank show, the last edition before the new year on Tuesday, December 26th. Of course, like I said, we'll be here all next week to uh, Monday through Friday, God willing and the Creeks don't rise. So there you go with that. Let's get you caught up on everything here. i tell you what, before we do that, though, I've been all over the place. Why don't I thank uh, our title sponsor, The Brian Hank Show. Love us, love us, love us. Some Lenore Community College. For 65 years, Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at (laughs) 252-527-6233. I'm sorry, 6223. 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. Listen. Spring uh, courses, spring semester begins Monday, January the 8th. Right now is the time to register for your classes. Go to LCC. You can do it. Get online and do it. The best way, in my opinion, call them at 252-527-6223 and get signed up. Get everything squared away, and you can start to change your life in the new year. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the good folks over at Lenore Community College for uh, being an integral part of uh, the Brian Hanks Show. We've got to thank all our other day one sponsors, too, which LCC has been with us since we started this show four years and 13 days ago. UNC Lenore Healthcare, GoEco technology service provider. Very, very grateful to the rock star, uh, Jacques, for uh, helping with that. And I'll tell you, Mickey said, uh, hold on. Uh Jacques and uh Jacques and Mickey need to do a segment on our show called the Rock and Jacques Show. I kind of like that. That would be really cool. Uh Linda says December 30th is also her Aunt Elsie's birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy happy birthday, Aunt Elsie, on December the thirtieth. Hey, uh but we were talking about uh, GoEco, technology service provider. Appreciate Jacques and uh Go Eco. Uh, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, and Arundel Parrot Academy. All those are our day one sponsors. And you just heard Lee Avery over at, uh, Parrot Academy this morning too. Uh, on a, he sat on a cold and empty campus this morning. So there you go. Hey, uh, thank you to all our other sponsors too, uh, who, uh, join us throughout the year. They're, they're not day ones, but they've been with us a majority of this show's history. They help bring you this show. Of course, the Brian Hanks show. They help bring you, uh, Friday night football coverage. They help bring you uh, basketball coverage, which is going to begin in uh, in uh, January. It's going to go in January and February. Hey, uh, Tom Vermillion and Down East Protection Systems, we love them. They've been servicing eastern North Carolina for more than 30 years. They specialize in residential and commercial installation and service of security systems, fire alarm systems, camera systems, and access control. For more information or for a consultation, please visit depthsnet.com. That's deps net dot com uh love and appreciate tom and Dep's. uh hey thank you to king's restaurant hey how much do i love king's restaurant king's restaurant is going to be catering our wedding that or our wedding reception if that doesn't tell you how much i love uh uh all the folks over at king's restaurant then nothing else do joe and angie hargett we really do appreciate them uh king's restaurant the kenston police department davis wholesale tire mills international real low discount drugs uh lenore county public schools lenore tire and appliance and the down eastwood ducks every single one of them sponsors every single one of those sponsors we do appreciate thank you for being part of the brian hank show let's jump into uh what happened uh, last night what's coming up over the weekend lcc men's basketball they play today at six o'clock they are eight and three overall uh they take on mid-atlantic christian that is the team that they defeated 150 to 51 to open the season LCC won that so uh, I have actually dropped my point spread now uh, several times so going into the game I'm setting it at minus 75 and a half minus 75.5. Uh, tell me if you're going to take the over-the-under. Keith Spencer, you taking the over-the-under? Minus 75.5 for LCC. I know you were saying 60, but I, I really think they beat them by 91 earlier. They have – else or Mid-Atlantic's been playing a little bit better, but we'll see what happens with that game tonight. But officially – Minus seventy five point five is the final spread going into that. Uh, ECU men's basketball. Oh my God, Scott and I watched uh, that game last night. They put up a valiant effort in Florida, in Lakeland, Florida, last night as they took on uh, the Florida Gators. Ended up losing that game seventy to sixty five. I'm telling you, if everything had just come together for this team, they would be a lot better than their six and four record. Uh, I think they've got <coughs> NIT potential. I really do. I think if they finish second or third. In the uh, AAC, I think the Pirates have an opportunity to make it to the NIT. But uh, you know what? Maybe that'll be one of the things that we talk to uh, Paul Whittington about when he joins us here in just a little bit. The ECU women's basketball team, they play Monday when they're at home against George Mason. Listen, do not forget, uh, I'm going to make uh, a good effort or a strong effort to make it out there tomorrow to uh, Greenville for the 919252 uh, 252 football game that's going to be taking place at John Paul II in Greenville. If you can, get out there. Support uh, South North Coach Will Harrell and Green Central Coach Jay Wilson. They're both coaching in it. I know we've got a player from Green Central, and I don't think we have any from Lenora County unless they've had some uh, injury additions. But they practiced twice yesterday. They practiced once today. They have a walkthrough tonight. They have a walkthrough tomorrow. And then that game is at 2 o'clock tomorrow at John Paul II in Greenville. Hey, if you need more details about that game, Go to encelite.com for all the information, and uh, you can find out everything that you need to know about nine one nine two five two football game uh, there. Uh, one thing I did notice, too, the East-West game, which was scheduled to be played, the East-West football game, which, as you know, was moved to the fall this year for the first time, I think, in the history of the game. It's always been played in June or July in Greensboro. Well, it's taking place this weekend. It was originally scheduled for Saturday, or I'm sorry, for Sunday. But uh, I guess they're anticipating some inclement weather in uh, Greensboro, so they moved the game to tomorrow. So that game's being played at one o'clock tomorrow. So all these All Star games being played tomorrow. Uh, you've got the Shrine Bowl that's being played, I guess, down in South Carolina, uh, the North Carolina South Carolina Shrine Bowl. You've got the East West game in Greensboro tomorrow. Obviously, you've got nine one nine two five two a game that's being played tomorrow in Greenville. You've got the Queen City Bowl, which, by the way, I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole with that yesterday or a couple of days ago. I didn't realize this. This can't be just in Mecklenburg County, which I know has a, a huge population. But they said they've got 76 players from 55 schools that are playing in the Queen City Bowl. And all of those cannot be from uh, – from uh, Charlotte or from Mecklenburg County, Keith Spence, I'm putting you on that, dude. Uh, if you are uh, in front of your computer, look that up. Are all fi- are there 55 high schools in uh, in Mecklenburg County? There just can't be. That's got to be like Mecklenburg and Gaston and Cabarrus County and what uh, all those counties that celebra- or celebrate that uh, surround Mecklenburg County. There's just no way possible that there's 55 high schools in uh mecklenburg county but i uh, looked at a uh, hey uh, that, that's your assignment here uh for the show uh Keith spence look that up for me see if you can figure that out uh but like i said just a ton of games a uh, whole all-star football games taking place tomorrow and over the weekend but i uh, get out and see uh support our two coaches will harrell at south lenore uh jay wilson at green central uh that'll be at the 919-252 2 o'clock saturday at jp2 again go to com for uh, all the information rosters, how you can get tickets, all that kind of stuff. Uh, ACC basketball, no games last night, but a full slate of games tomorrow, which includes a huge game in Atlanta at 5.30 tomorrow as uh, number nine uh, North Carolina takes on number 14 Kentucky. Uh, So uh, that game is at 5.30. It'll be on CBS. And then Mr. Clemens, if you're up and listening, NC State versus Tennessee That is in San Antonio. That game's at 10 o'clock on on ESPN2 uh, tomorrow night. So uh, that'll be a pretty good game. But NC State versus uh, number 12, Tennessee. Mr. Clemens, you better drink yourself a couple of cups of coffee to uh, stay up for that one for sure. Uh, High school basketball tonight. Uh, man, absolutely! Uh, almost everybody in our neck of the woods playing tonight. Kingston, we've told you we're going to be talking to Perry Tindall about that. The boys are five and two, the girls are four and three. They open East Central two A play at home against James Keenan. North Lenore, the boys and girls are both four and four. They play at home today versus East Duplin and also opens conference play. South Lenore opens conference play. The boys are two and six, the girls are four and five. They take on uh, Southwest Onslow, very very tough team. Uh, that game is tonight parrot Academy. They are at home tonight. The boys are three and three. The girls are 0 and six. They're at home versus Raleigh St. David's today. Uh, Bethel Christian Academy. Now they're off today, but they play tomorrow. Uh, the boys are three and seven. The girls are two and four. They are at home against union Grove Christian out of Lexington, North Carolina. Uh, green central are at, uh, they're at home today. How about that? Kinston, North North, South North Parrot, uh, Green Central all at home today. And Aiden Grifton. We'll get to them here in a minute. But Green Central, uh, their boys are two and five, their girls are one and six. They are at home versus North Pitt today in uh Eastern Plains 2A action. Aiden Grifton, the boys who were upset the other night, they had their first loss of the season. They are six and one. The girls are one and six. They got their first one in the season against North North the other night. They are home against West Craven. That oh uh, that is an Eastern Plains 2A game. Don't know about Joan Senior, and I apologize about that. Hometown hero update here. Uh, Before we get Paul up here on the line with us, uh, Brandon Ingram, the New Orleans Pelicans, as close as they'll get to us this year. uh, They are 14-11 and overall. They are at Charlotte today. And, yes, I've mentioned this a couple of times. Get in touch with Donald Ingram. Uh, Hit him up on his Facebook page if you are interested in going to that game because he has tickets ready, or tickets for that game at a very greatly reduced price. So if you're not going to the Kinston North, North, South, Nor or any of those games tonight, and you would like to go see uh, Brandon play in Charlotte tonight, hit up Donald Ingram on his Facebook page, and he will hook you up for sure. But uh, like I said, they are at Charlotte tonight. They're at San Antonio on Sunday. Reggie Bullock Jr. and the Houston Rockets. They are at Memphis today. And then Sunday, they're at Milwaukee. Damian Dunn in the third-ranked Houston Cougars. They are 10-0, number three in the nation there, home versus Texas A&M, Texas a and M and uh on Saturday at 2:30 on ESPN2 uh Dontre Styles and Georgetown they're at Notre Dame tomorrow at 2:15 that's going to be on the CW network so that is going to be pretty cool uh Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt they are 4 and 5 overall they are at uh, or they're at home versus Texas Tech tomorrow uh I tell you, Isaac Parsons, Jeremy Dixon and Maji Dodd uh, they just had a, a great, great game uh, last night. They went 76-55 to 55 at Bowie State. Uh, all three started the game, and uh, IP finished with 14 points, four rebounds, six assists, and a block shot in that game. Amaji Dodd had 20 points, 13 rebounds, five blocks in uh, 32 minutes. Jeremy started the game. Uh, he played 17 minutes. He had two points, one rebound, one assist, and a block in that game. And they finish their pre-Christmas uh, schedule tomorrow at Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. And like I said, don't forget TGIF with IP that's coming up in our second hour. Uh, Ashanti Lynch in uh, Maryland Eastern Shore, former North and North star Ashanti Lynch. They are at Wagner tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Uh, Dante Ellis, uh, they close out their pre-Christmas schedule Monday versus Wake Tech. Whew. I cannot believe it. Hey, Paul Winnington, I got it all in, dude. Proud of you. You've done good work. (laughs) Hey, and i got to give people an update, too. How about this? I knew Keith Spence would come through for me and Linda. uh, 35 high schools in uh, Mecklenburg County. That doesn't include private schools. Uh, And thank you uh, for this, Spence. Uh, The game includes players from the metro area, including bordering counties. That, That makes sense, So That means, like, uh, Gaston County and Cabarrus County and uh, all those uh, cele- uh, all those counties. I just I knew there was no way there were fifty five high schools in Mecklenburg County, but still thirty five high schools in Mecklenburg County. Paul Whittington,
1: I ain't got the first clue where you're talking about this morning, dude.
2: Mech- <laughs> Mecklenburg County, dude. Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, Mecklenburg, you're where Charlotte is. Yeah, what?
1: Why are we counting high schools in Mecklenburg County?
2: Well, because uh, we've got, dude, just all these crazy high school football uh, all-star games tomorrow. We've got the Mm nine-one-nine-two-five-two game that's in Greenville. We've got uh, the Shrine Bowl that's taking place in uh, South Carolina. We've got the East-West game that's going to be in Greensboro. And then I was talking about that. uh, They call it the Queen City Bowl. It's, It's pretty young. It's only about three or four years old. But what they do is they start at the top. Shrine Bowl is the king of all of them. Okay, I mean that is. I mean that's the best yeah. players from North Carolina taking on the best players from South Carolina. That so at the top of the heap is the Shrine Bowl. Then the secondary game to that is the East West game, which usually is played in the summer, and you'll have players that have played in the Shrine Bowl that'll play in the East West game. Well, not so this year because uh they're playing it right after Christmas instead of or I mean right after the season ends, instead of uh waiting until June or July to do that. And then like the third tier of all star games. What we have here in Greenville, uh, the nine one nine two five two game, and then that uh, uh, game in Charlotte, the Queen City Bowl. So it's really neat, man. You've got all these all-star games taking place this weekend. But I'd read a, a press release, or I went down a rabbit hole, and it was talking about how Mecklenburg County, or this uh, Queen City Bowl, is featuring 76 players from 55 school, high schools. And I thought it said in Mecklenburg County, but evidently not since there's only 35 uh schools and you know, high schools in mecklenburg county so to, whoo, whoo, that's how i got to that okay
1: <laughs> fair enough good work <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> you you can uh you can shut it down and start the weekend whenever you're ready you've done enough today
2: <laughs> thank you dude I, I here's what man i, I gotta tell you I, i'm not gonna lie i mean i'm excited don't get a twist but I, I, i'm talking about shutting it down I've only got six more shows after this week, dude. I've got, what, all five next week. Then we're going to work on the 26th. And then, uh, you know, then we've got Christmas. Uh, I'm getting married. I'm going on a honeymoon. I get to hold Levi. I mean, dude. Yeah. I, all those things, of course, holding Levi is the number one thing about all that. And I guarantee you, if you ask uh, a certain uh, female named Linda Whittington, that's how she would rank it, too, don't you think?
1: Yeah, but we've actually put, like, this anti-holding brace on them. Uh,
2: so if you try to hold him, he just like slips right out. Oh, uh, I can't, I cannot wait to get her Awkward. response to that. Yeah, yeah. no joke, Dude, when we talked last week, our Carolina hurricanes were really struggling, dude. I mean, and yeah. not that, you know, winning back-to-back games means your season is completely turned around, but, uh, I can't imagine uh, we're going to be in a little bit better mood talking about our Hurricanes today coming off that 2-1 to one win against uh, Detroit last night in Detroit.
1: Yeah, well, well, the last time we had talked, they had lost three in a row in that Western Canada swing, and then they went into uh, a game on Saturday last week, uh, a 4-3 to three final a loss to the Vancouver Canucks. That was four in a row after starting out the month of December with a win, and that was a game that... I thought they were in for, for pretty much most of it. Uh, played, played a great game, just couldn't get the, the lucky bounce to pull even. But since then, since that Saturday game, they've, they've won two in a row. They end out that Western Canadian swing or that Canadian swing rather with a four to one win over a struggling Ottawa team. Uh, that was kind of a win that they needed. It was a very, it was a statement win. They were in control for all 60 minutes. Uh, a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of highlight real plays. There was a big, uh, Big play from Piotr Kachekov on a uh, penalty shot given to Brady Kachuk that he made an excellent poke save. And uh, it was a statement win for the Hurricanes. And then they bounced back last night uh, with a win over the Detroit Red Wings, uh, a, a team that's currently without their captain, Dylan Larkin. And tonight they have a chance to, to make it three in a row. The, the coach from Major League tell, tells us that's a winning streak. Three in a row—that's a winning streak, and and they got a chance to get back to that tonight uh, when they welcome the natural Predators into Raleigh. Yeah, but technically, and you're right. I mean,
2: I remember that from the movie. But I mean, if you win back to back, that is technically a streak. You have you have a two game sure. winning streak, right?
1: You're, you're not wrong. Words mean things, <laughs> Words and uh, mean and we have things. to follow those rules around here. But uh, you know, in the definition of streak, um, nope, doesn't apply here at all. Uh, no the definition of streak actually doesn't help solve this debate <laughs> at all um, I was gonna gonna maybe try to try to help us out here, but one informal de- definition is run naked in a public place uh so it 's to shock or amuse others and <laughs> At
2: least they're skating with clothes on. At least they are, and I'm thankful for that. I'm I'm sure other people are thankful for that, too. Well, the Hurricanes right now, after that two-game winning streak of uh, two (laughs) games, they are right now, they are tied with uh, Tampa for uh, eighth place in the Eastern Conference. However, uh, they do have the tiebreaker. So if the playoffs were to begin today, and God knows they, they aren't, but if they were to, Hurricanes would be in as the eighth seed, taking on the Boston Bruins in the first round.
1: Yeah, they'd be in as the eighth seed. Uh, that would be a tough first-round matchup. The Bruins are really good right now. The good news here is when you start looking at the Metropolitan Division standing, uh, the Canes not really far out of second place. They're only two points back of second place. The Islanders sit in second with 35 points. They've played 28 games. So they technically have a game in hand. Uh, but the Canes not far out of it. I mean, one game can really – Catapult you from being the the eighth seed to maybe like the third seed. So so that's how tight things are right now, and that's why we we just can't get hung up. And if you're if you're part of the Keynes Facebook group out there, I'm I'm talking I'm talking directly to you here. That's why you can't get caught up on where people are in the standings in December. Yeah. People having a meltdown this week because <laughs> the canes were out of a playoff spot. Doesn't matter. It's December, and and it's only a two point swing. A two point swing going from out of the playoffs to being
2: second in the Metro. Yeah. Well, here, but here's the thing though, dude, if this was the hurricanes from, uh, you know, and you and I've talked about this from four or five years ago <clears throat> when they had had that 10 year streak of not making the playoffs, maybe people don't re In fact, it'd probably be the other reaction that, Oh my God, we're on the verge of making it in the playoffs. But dude, when you have the preseason that this team had, when you have the expectations put on the shoulders of this hurricanes team, where, I mean, experts, not just Brian Hanks and Paul Whittington, although I consider you an expert, but I'm talking like national experts were saying this is the Stanley Cup favorite. I think that's maybe why people were freaking out a little bit. That Hey, you've got a team that you know, is the favorite to win, but they're not even in
1: the playoffs right now.
2: Eh, can you not see the dichotomy there?
1: No, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's, we, we got a certain standard around here, and we like to, we like to uphold that standard. And so, yeah, I mean, certainly when you, when you see the team not performing to the expectations that, that everybody had for them, that, that's disconcerting. But there's absolutely no reason to wave the white flag in December, which is kind of more what I was speaking to. Like, there's a lot of people who out there who think the season's over because we're getting ready to hit Christmas and the Canes are in a playoff spot. That's more of the crowd that, that I'm talking to with that comment. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, I, listen, I, well, let's there's, circle back. There's already a lot. Go ahead. There's already a lot of people that are ready to see, uh, like in that, like kind of in some of those social media groups where you have all the uh, armchair GMs that are ready to see the, the organization move on from Rob Brendamore. Mm. Convinced he's lost <sighs> the locker room.
2: Whatever, man. You know what? Here's what I got to say about that, Paul Whittington. Go say that to his face.
1: Not me. <laughs> yeah, Not me. Scared. either
2: uh, Scott and I were watching it the other night and uh they had him in uh uh post game or whatever, and all he had on was a T shirt. I guess he had had taken off his uh his suit jacket or whatever. And uh dude he's he still has to remain the only coach, maybe even in professional sports, other than uh our guy up with the Detroit Lions. I think uh, I don't I wouldn't want to fight mm-hmm. him either, but uh, probably the only two uh, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell up in Detroit. Yep. I'd say Dan Campbell and Rod Brendamore, are the only two coaches in professional sports that none of the players on their team could kick their butt. Don't you think?
1: That's, that's completely fair. Uh, <laughs> one, one little nugget, uh, before we go in whatever direction you take us next, um, after that Vancouver game and, and on a, on the subject of Rod Brendamore, I thought this was interesting after that Vancouver game, the team held their first players only meeting in the Rod Brindamore era. Uh, they have they have not felt the need wow. to, to come together as a group without the coaches in the room since Rod Brindamore took control of of this team what five, six seasons ago. And and I think that speaks a lot to the kind of coach that he is. Um, that, that you haven't had the need to do that in in his tenure there. And because they were in that, that bit of a slide, the uh, the leadership uh, Jordan Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martin, Oaks, Sebastian Aho, uh, Jacob Slavin felt the need to get the team together and and address what it was that was holding them back and and in the short term it's worked. Canes undefeated since that meeting happened.
2: Wow. Well, I'm not saying we won't come back to the Canes, but I did not know this. I just got a, a text or a few minutes ago while we were talking a text from Greg Clemens. How about the? Are you aware of this that the Carolina Mudcats are moving? No dude here i'll uh, send it to you so you can look at the same thing he sent me it's from wral give me just a second here and i'm going to send this to you so you can look at it at the same time they are moving to wilson interesting how about that Uh, i'm just going to read straight from this wral report the carolina mudcats will soon move to a new stadium in wilson city leaders voted unanimously thursday night to approve a $69 million plan, nice, to build a new ba- ballpark for the team near Whirly Gig Park. How about that? Interesting. Dude. Uh, so what Mr. Clement said, and he, he's only halfway uh, joking, uh, he said that uh, I can't hate on the uh, uh, Carolina Mudcats anymore because they're moving to a new stadium in Wilson, and uh, Dude. I tell you what, that'll be, I think that'll be good for Kinston too, dude. I mean, to have a minor league baseball team, literally, what, 40, not even 45 minutes away. And Jason Bryant, yeah, I know that this has been in the works. Well, the studio, the stadium anyway, I just, wow, wow. This is, uh, that's pretty impressive, dude. What do you think about that, man? Your thoughts on that as yeah. someone who lives not that far away from uh, Zebulon? Yeah, that's, that's
1: really cool. Uh, I mean, Wilson is, Wilson's a lot like a lot like Kinston in some ways it's it's not a big place i mean yeah there's maybe a, a little bit more um, corporate partners or whatever you want to call them in in Wilson than there is in than there is in Kinston uh, but it's it's kind of centrally located to to Kinston to Greenville to to different areas in the east and, and when you take away you, you know the the prospect of baseball Miley baseball in kinston which which will happen sooner than later um that's that's a great place to to put a team that, that appeases a lot of different local markets and you know i i've always kind of thought it was interesting there was a team in Zebulon because there's not really anything in zebulin other than the mudcats <laughs> like that's it is zebulin is a is an exit on a highway to get somewhere else and be like i said beyond the mudcats there's not really a lot in Zebulon. Like I don't really even consider it a suburb of Raleigh. I think some people do. I don't because it's it's just so far away. So I think this is actually a better fit for a for a minor league team than than what exists in Zebulon currently because it's so remote. It's it's a weird stadium. You've you've got to pay to park in the middle of nowhere, which has always been confusing to me. So I like this move. I think this is great. I do too. Well, you remember the whole concept? I guess
2: it started in 1991, and uh, the the concept behind Five County Stadium, that piece of junk stadium that uh, the Carolina Mudcats play in, was that they were hoping for you know Major League Baseball expansion. So putting a stadium right there, they thought, well, it'll pull. You'll have to. Hey, you'll have to help me with my geography here, Paul. I know, of course, Wake County is one. Johnston County, yeah. uh, what were the other three counties that they considered five-county stadium?
1: Well, it would have to be Wilson.
2: Okay. Wilson, Wake. Johnston. Um,
1: Johnston. <laughs> does, Nash?
2: does Green somehow pull into that? No, 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 no. They're too far, far away. Nope. I think Nash would – you know, why, how about I pull up a map Maybe here? It's Pitt. No, Maybe
0: No, no,
2: no, no, no. Hold on. No? Uh, Google North Carolina County Map boy people love when i do this on uh air uh da, 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 click to enlarge okay here we go here we go no it would be uh ba, 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 ba. wake franklin there you go i know exactly here it is wake franklin nash wilson and johnson okay because they all, uh, all five yeah. of them, uh, almost have a central point. In fact, Franklin, Nash, Johnson, and Wake all have a meeting point. I mean, that uh, you could, according to this map I'm looking at, you could have one foot in Wake, one foot in Johnson, one hand in Franklin, and one hand in Nash. How cool would that be?
1: I don't know how true it is, and, and maybe I'm just gullible in this sense. I had always heard that when you take the whole property that that stadium sits on, that there is a little bit of the property that sits in all five of the counties. And that's why it was called five County Stadium. I don't know how true that is. Yeah, I've never it can't, actually seen it. Can't be accord- see if it's true.
2: Yeah. If this map is correct, there's no way that that is, that's possible. Yeah. But, uh, cause, but it does look like, like I said, that wake Johnson, Nash and Franklin, <laughs> all meet in one place man even john dawson uh jumping in here radio map reading and jason bryant said this is great radio so uh maybe i need hey map reading on the radio dude how about that dude i love it i do it's too great. man i do too paul whittington our regular friday guest joining us here and again thank you uh greg clemens for uh uh dropping that here in my lap i did not know about that that uh you know what, and the timing is pretty good, too, if you think about it, with us losing, you mm-hmm. know, our professional franchise here uh, probably after this next season, after the 24 season. Yeah. And, yes, we're going to have, you know, filling the void here. We'll have, uh, you know, uh, the the, sea, uh, the Coastal Plain League and probably the old North State League here, too. But, dude, it'll be kind of cool to be able to just go, what, go up 58 and Go to Wilson or uh, and, and watch a, a little uh, affiliated baseball. You know.
1: Yeah, I can jump on. I can jump on the train in downtown Raleigh and meet you guys in Wilson. Take a train to a minor league baseball game. How About oh, that.
2: Speaking of that, dude, I'm glad you brought that up. Man, we're all over the place. I don't care, man. It's Christmas. Uh, we're having fun. <laughs> uh, I had my uh, uh, the Kinsale Nor County uh, Parks Recreation Commission meeting last night, uh, and. Uh, the honorable mayor of Kinston, Don Hardy was in there and I got to get him back here on the show, probably after Christmas, but so we were asking him for like transportation updates, dude, try this one on for size. It is highly likely according to the mayor. And I guess I'm breaking news here on the show, but, uh, I I hope I, well, he was, he said it in an open meeting, so I don't think I'm saying anything. It's out of order. It's highly likely we're getting Amtrak here
1: in Kinston, dude. That's a game changer. That would be huge. I'm serious. How cool is that, That's phenomenal news. If if they can make that happen, I mean the, the infrastructure are, is already there. I mean, you, yeah, you would have to you'd have to operate a train station. Uh, Wilson does it. It's uh, it's a very small but but effective station, and those are trains that you know go right up to Washington D.C. to yep. New York City. I mean, yep. that would be that would be a direct line to a lot of a lot of different places on on the Eastern United States. So, so that is phenomenal news. Uh, hope, hope that pans out because that would be big for the
2: city of Kinston. It absolutely would. And I know, uh, Steve Lovick before has told us about, I guess, going to Wilson and, you know, jumping on the Amtrak and going to go see the Panthers, you know, taking Amtrak into yeah. Charlotte and going to see the Panthers. I mean, I'm with you. And that, that was one of the most exciting things that he told us last night. We've got some road repairs, that kind of stuff. But the fact that within a year or so we could have an Amtrak station right here in Kinston, and that does it opens up the world, man. And I, golly, man, would not that not be cool? We, uh, you know, Lynn and I get on the train here. We pick you up in uh, Raleigh, and then we go all the way up and watch the Washington Nationals. That would
1: be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. I, I love taking the train. We've done it a couple of times to go up to DC. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I think the next time we go up there, especially now that we have a child, we'll we'll do the train so that we don't have to stop and feed and, and all that stuff, but you brought up the Carolina Panthers. I don't know how true it is. I saw a screenshot of it from uh, uh, a radio personality over in Greenville. Did you see that there were tickets on subhog <laughs> for the Panthers game this weekend for $0.45?
2: Yes, I did. Uh, Scott actually brought that up to me uh, last night, too. That is insane. $0.45. Cents. Now, you still got to pay the, you know, the handling and all that, so when all is said and done, yeah. you're still going to spend $20 on it, but still – 45 cents for a ticket to go see uh, <laughs> an NFL game
1: that, that's insane. an NFL game cur- currently the cheapest ticket on stuff is $14 okay Uh, so there's no more 45 cent tickets left but that just absolutely blew my mind
2: yeah that's crazy. Jacques Passelik jumps in here uh, with our talk about uh, Amtrak. He said he thought the Nationals were moving out of D.C. with the Capitals to Northern Virginia. But I think that's just the – he said the Bullets. It's not the Bullets. It's the Wizards. But, yeah, I think it's the Wizards and the uh, Capitals, isn't it? Uh, did you hear about that, Paul Whittington? I,
1: I did not. Uh, I love <laughs> yeah, him were...
2: breaking all this news to you this morning. This is awesome. But, yeah, uh, they had a big press conference a that. couple of days ago.
1: That would not make a lot of sense to me because I like the, I like the location for, for that arena and, and moving it out of DC would be a little confusing to me, but you know what? They don't, they don't pay me to run sports franchises. Yeah. So go yeah, right ahead.
2: that's what it was. I just looked at it. Uh, Jacques and for you, Paul, uh, yeah, they had a press conference yesterday talking about it. The wizards and the capitals moving to Alexandria, Virginia.
1: Well, there you have it.
2: Yeah. Well, they, I see I've been to uh what I've been to one uh <laughs> Jacques you got me calling them the bullets I've been to one uh Wizards game I've been you know you and then that game that you and I and Scott went to uh with the Capitals the season mm-hmm. end or what back in 18 and 17 something like that yep. I like it all right but see the the problem is I guess from what I what I heard on Steve Zabin's podcast and then uh from what little bit of reading I've done about it it the the surroundings of it have kinda of gone down gone downhill, dude. Uh you know, it's yeah, right there I, on the edge of Chinatown. Yeah, uh Jacques just said yeah. crime. Yeah, it's uh I mean they've had people walking out of uh Capitals games and out of uh Wizards games, getting robbed. I mean that's that's never a good sign yeah. for your uh for your for your franchise. No, it's not. It's
1: not. Um I I, I could see that being being an issue i mean it is once you get out of the building there's there's not a lot of places to go like it's not like you leave pnc arena and you walk out and you're in a big parking lot it's a lot different you walk out you're on a city street yeah and you have to walk a block or two to the nearest parking lot, unless you're getting picked up by by like a, a rideshare, share lyft or uber uh so see so yeah, i i could see that
2: or a limo like you and I and Scott got picked up that night, remember? That's right.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God,
2: I tickle myself. Paul Whittington on the line with us right now as we are talking. Uh, I don't even know what we're talking about, man. We're just talking about a little bit of everything. <laughs> We've done map reading. We've done uh, just a little bit of everything here on his appearance this week. Well, uh so I, I just get your final thoughts on uh, the potential. Well, it's not even potential of the Carolina Mudcats leaving. I guess, uh, they would still be owned by the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, from, uh, what I've seen, uh, still owned by the Milwaukee Brewers. And it would be a, probably a, a name change. Hopefully it would be Wilson. But one of the things that's addressed in this WRAL report too, that I like They, the Wilson tobs are not really happy about this. I mean, that is what the longest existing CPL team and, uh, and and understandably, they're a little upset by all this. I mean, I can understand that, can't you?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't see a scenario where Wilson is able to sustain two teams at two different stadiums. I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to join forces and, and for Wil, for the Wilson-Tobbs to play their home games when this minor league team is on the road. And that way you have a consistent summer of baseball being played in in one location I mean that would that would be a great season ticket to buy would it not oh my god that'd be awesome hey I've been saying the same thing about right here
2: in Kenston too dude I mean with us losing now we've got hey don't get it twisted we've got the wood ducks in 24 we need to get out there and support them every single game I mean I've will say I'll I'll die on that hill Paul Whittington but mm-hmm. yep. this is what I, okay 25 and beyond especially is that Levi in the background?
1: He is. He is talking up a storm. He wants to be on the radio
2: this morning. <laughs> Dude, I absolutely love it, man. Uh, but, uh, man, I lost my whole train of thought there. Oh, uh, talking about the 25 baseball season here. Uh, the Old North State League, the uh, Kenson Wingman, I mean, they've mm-hmm. really tried to make an impact here. We've had their general manager, Billy Stern. We've had their new uh, field manager here on the show in the past month and a half or so. Dude, why not? If it's the Old North State League, and uh, we're probably going to get a CPL league too. I can tell you that Coastal Plain League is very excited about coming into Kinston. I can tell you that personally. I know that. Dude, yeah. why don't they get together and with their schedules, make sure their games don't end up on the same nights. And, dude, you're talking about having that there in Wilson where you basically have a summer of baseball where six or seven days a week you've either got the Wilson-Tobbs or you've got this uh, Milwaukee Brewers uh, minor league baseball team there. <laughs> Why couldn't we do that here in Kinston? and from well from June through August have baseball going nonstop here in Kinston? whether it's at uh, historic Granger Stadium, whether it's at uh, lCC or wherever that uh, the wingman would play I, I got no problem with that and I think that would be awesome for baseball fans here, don't you?
1: that's the that, I mean that's the only way to do it if you want to grow both businesses. Um, I mean when you when you think about it, if you look at a major league baseball schedule, I mean, the the Yankees and the Mets don't play home games on the same night. Uh, the the Nationals rarely play home games on nights where the Orioles are playing home games. Uh, and and those markets are are a lot different. Although Matheson is part of both of those both of those markets, uh, the Mid Atlantic Sports Network. But I mean, markets that close don't play home games on the same night. So in a small town, if you want to grow both businesses, that's the only way to do it. You come come together one stadium, split the split the rent payments to the city. Have your games on on different nights and just all play together. I mean, yeah, there's some logistical work, stuff to work out with clubhouses, dressing rooms, whatever you want to call them. But it can be done. It's done at other stadiums. Uh, it, that's and that would be a great opportunity for the fans to to literally see baseball on any given night. Uh, you just, I guess, the tricky part is remembering. Whose game you're going to on any given night, but making sure you're uh, wearing the, the correct hat, right? That's right, that's right, and they're not going to play each other, so that I mean that makes it a little bit better.
2: Although you want to talk about a good exhibition game, the, the Kinston yeah, Wingman absolutely. versus the the Kinston Whittingtons, wouldn't that be a, <laughs> uh, a? Yeah, I've already declared they're going to be the Kinston Whittingtons. How about that? But uh, I like it. I, I, you know, I, I kinda thought you would like that. Scott, do you like Scott gives it a thumbs up too, so uh there you go. Uh okay. Whew, man, talk about being all over the place. Uh we have definitely done that this morning. Circle back to uh the hurricanes here for a moment. Uh upcoming games, uh give us those if you want to and where do you see – I mean, and you even said that. You really thought that they were going to start to come together. Back-to-back wins now, like I said, following last night's 2-1 to win against a team that they're competing with in the standings right now in, uh, in Detroit. Uh, what do you anticipate over the next week and a half or so with, uh, our, with our Carolina Hurricanes?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting stretch. Uh, they got, you know, a, a game tonight, 730 puck drop uh, at home. That's uh, the sort of a three-game homestand uh, that'll be against the Nashville Predators. Uh, that is a, a re- that has become a regional rivalry, especially you throw it back to the 2020-2021 season uh, with that Central Division when we kind of changed all the divisions for a year. That became a regional rivalry. These uh, anytime the Canes play, I know this sounds crazy, but but it's true. Anytime the Canes play the Predators in the preseason those games have a tendency to let off kind of playoff vibes because they're very, very, very physical games. These two teams do not like each other, uh, and they're going to play each other twice this, this month, and that'll be their season series. They'll, they'll meet again on December 27th in Nashville. Uh, but then on Sunday, it's home against the Caps. Uh, that is a that is a team that is struggling right now, uh, Ovechkin not having the season that he wanted to have. Uh, they're still trying to find their way. Uh, and then Tuesday the 19th closes out that three-game homestand uh, against the defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights uh, who are getting ready uh, for, for their first outdoor game uh, in the Winter Classic coming up uh, on January 1st. So uh, it's, a, it's a tough three games, but it's a winnable three games. And if the Canes continue to play like they have played over the last two nights, I see at least two, potentially three wins over these next three games.
2: That is awesome. And then there's
1: one game on the road between the next time you and I talk, uh, and that'll be next thursday on the
2: road at pittsburgh i like it i like it a lot uh wait a minute is it the predators i thought it was pronounced some some other way
1: we'll move on we'll <laughs> move on i will i will hang up
2: on you i know you will but <laughs> and, and i gotta tell you this is of my own volition uh i just i remember one of uh hey, can you tell the story it'll be funnier
1: coming from you i i read something on the on the news one day and it Was talking about the predators attacking, and I just for that whatever reason that day I couldn't read, and I called them the predators, and Mom's made fun of me ever since. And (laughs) I was like, "Why? What are they they talking about, predators?" And she made fun of me ever since. I did hear—I can't remember where I was at. I was somewhere the other day, and we're someone was having a conversation about hockey, or they were having a conversation about sharks. It was one of the two. But they kept saying the word predator. <laughs> and it and it just made me laugh. And I didn't get involved in the conversation. I just laughed and kind of shook my head, but I thought it was really funny. That is I'm not that's... the only
2: one. No, no, no. I think it's awesome and it's very cute. <laughs> and I can't I you know, it is what it is. Okay, Paul Whittington joining us here. Uh enough NHL, enough Carolina Hurricanes talk. I gotta get uh just your thoughts from uh you you are sort of a resident baseball fan too. Uh the whole tiny deal, dude. I just uh 70 million dollars a year and then the way that he uh worked that out too where he's only going to get paid two million dollars a year for a number of years and then everything is uh backdated don't you wish
1: you had that problem where where you could just defer 68 million dollars for 10 years and you're still good and he's got all this endorsement stuff coming in uh i am a little annoyed with with major league baseball specifically with Shohei Otani and whoever his agent is, since the end of the season, we kind of knew he was going to be on the move. Well, we didn't kind of know. We knew Shohei Otani was going to be on the move. And we went through all this drama just for him to go right across the street.
2: It, it, not just drama, but I mean, something where, I mean, it was part of the major news cycle for what, a week or at yeah. least two weeks there. Oh, hold on. We have a special guest that's joining us. Go ahead, special guest.
0: Hello. Hello. Hi. One, two, three, one, two, three, testing, testing. Okay, so here's the entire
1: This is, is work. this is the work worse than the map reading. <laughs> here's, this is worse than the map reading. Here's
0: the entire predator story. So Paul was in ninth or tenth grade and he was we were getting ready for school one morning and he was sitting in the living room watching the news and I'm in the kitchen. And he goes, Mom, what's a predator? And I went, predator? (laughs) And I walk in, I said, what are you watching? And I looked at the news, and there's a predator in the ocean that they're watching out for. (laughs) So that's the whole story. That's the predator story. You know That's the whole story. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I've ever told. told. I don't yes. know if I've
2: ever heard an no, mine's eye roll. better. I don't know if I've ever heard an eye roll on the radio before, but I think we just heard it from Paul.
0: I think so too. I and, that's, that.
1: and that's not sarcasm because I did roll my eyes.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I did too. I heard it too.
2: Well, you know, and as I as you know, and folks, radio listeners know this too, or sh- you know, listeners to this show, I uh, you know I rank all three of your children. You okay. know, and of course, what? Uh, yeah, I do. And Paul is number one in intelligence. I mean, and it's not even close. You know, uh-huh, I mean. Uh-huh. You know, Paul is one in one A and one B and then there's Clay that, you know, is probably two and then Scott, you know, down at number three. Although he is carrying a three five GPA, so mm-hmm. you know, we we gotta give love where where love is due there. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. to hear this story just uh-huh. it, you know what? It increases Paul's cuteness factor though from three to two in my rankings, okay?
0: Cuteness factor. Dude. Is that my baby <laughs> is that my baby I hear?
1: He is talking up his storm so this morning sweet. i got him i got him in this little finding nemo uh little play pad and he is uh playing with the fish just talking up a storm
0: oh hey
1: when's he gonna, it's come gonna back to kinson it he's gonna to break play. his little heart when i have to tell him that fish don't really talk
0: <laughs> let's not tell him
1: hey, hey i can't <laughs> wait to get him back
2: to kinson though so he can play in his mustang okay okay <laughs>
1: Okay, <laughs> you know, we're trying to put it together. This has to be my most ridiculous appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'll let y'all but go. I think the folks like it because uh,
2: I'm getting all kinds of messages from people here. So uh, yeah, I, I just, think they.
0: I had to share the pre of the real predate. The real pre-data. my <laughs> version is the true yeah. one.
2: Okay, very yeah. good. Thank you so much okay. Miss executive producer. You're welcome anytime. There you go. Okay, uh, you told me you have a NASCAR silly yeah. season uh, well, bit of news. Hit well, us with well, that.
1: Yeah, well, I guess yeah, we're up against the hour. Um, we could go a minute or two. The, we go a
2: minute or two in the second hour. We're good.
1: Okay, so to wrap up the Otani talk, um, I think this contract's a great example of why I really believe baseball needs a salary cap. Uh, you know, the the reason he was able to defer so much of that money was in part to the to the CBA that that was signed during that lockout a couple of years ago. Um, I. I think it, I think there's a lot of credit to the player that wants to give some money back to the organization so they can go out and continue to build for for a championship. I think we've experimented with the super team long enough in baseball where uh, maybe it works, but if if the Dodgers don't get at least two rings out of the 10-year Otani deal, I don't think it's a success. I really don't. And I mean over That's over fair. the last That's fair. over the last five or six seasons when they've had the super team, they only got one ring. And that was in that very short twenty twenty season. So I mean, listen, a World Series is a World Series, but I mean you gotta kinda put a, a small asterisk beside that one because you only played sixty games before the playoffs even started. So your players were in June form instead of September form or October form yeah. when 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 they got to the playoffs. And and I think I think you have to consider that when you talk about the Dodgers. Listen, they're a great team and they have a lot of great players, but they have come up short consistently in the playoffs. And their only championship during this run has been again in that truncated season. It's interesting to me, and I know the ownerships changed, but you go back what twelve years ago, however long, uh, 2012. This was this was an organization, Brian, that declared bankruptcy. Yeah, they Major League Baseball took over financial control of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and here we are paying a player. 10, 11 years later, more money than the Nationals pay their entire payroll.
2: Hey, dude, it's not just it's the just, Nationals. Uh, who was it then? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of teams. Not eight teams, including uh, including uh, the Baltimore Orioles, who are only $35 million a season. How about that? So this one player is getting double what the entire Baltimore Orioles got paid, and they made it to the playoffs this past year.
1: They, they did. And I mean, they had an early exit, but they were they were the best the best team in the American League. I Guess through, So L.A. throughout the regular season. <laughs> yeah, through, throughout the regular season, the Orioles were the best team in, in the American League. A, a tough American League, and they were h- half the payroll of, of Shohei Ohtani. It's just it's ridiculous. I, I mean, I know that there's a new ownership group, in the world to spend money, and that's great. But I mean, it's it's ridiculous that that this is where we're at. But you know what? If they don't get if they don't get at least two wins then or two championships, then it's all for naught. There you go. I'll tell you what, let's right. wrap
2: up this first hour. Let's hit
1: NASCAR. Yep. Uh, this is the end of the first hour. Coming up in our next hour. T G I the IP.